2: My name's Peyton Come on over Cause we're still waiting It's movie night And we're both gay It's hard to find A movie that way Lucky for you We found a few It's queer It's movie
3: night. Hi. Hi Welcome to Queer Movie Night I'm Deb
2: I'm Peyton And today we have A very very special guest This is uh, a first time For Queer Movie Night This is a very exciting episode um, And yeah I'm just Right, ready to get started um today we have a special uh guest actor writer pro- uh film producer Petey gibson so welcome Woo! to the podcast Petey. yeah
0: thank you for having me of thank course. you for saying i was very special twice i am, yeah. <laughs> uh, the people gotta know i, I guess a high bar for me of course Damn of it. course. Thank
2: you so much for doing this. When um, when we found out about your movie, we were so excited to check it out. And um, and I'm just really excited to talk about it. This is our first time um, where we have a guest that's actually creatively been involved with the film that we're discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the questions are going to be a little different, which is exciting. And I'm just excited to hear about your experience working on this movie and um, and everything that came with it. And just like learning more about you because I just love talking with people that are, you know, creatives and performers um, like Deb and I are. Um, so uh, we want to talk about the film, um, the sympathy card, which um, I had such a good time with this movie. And, um, and you... thank
0: God. What if this was like a <laughs> roast? <Yeah. laughs> and we didn't tell you it... before we didn't tell, yeah, you, before didn't tell you that you think you're, like... your film is shit. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Um, and I'll just be like, I, I gotta go. I
2: actually, I, yeah. I double booked. So I have to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. no, no. Um. I think, this is so cool and it's such a like it's a story that like i could never imagine being a film which i think is so cool um and i know that you're a producer as well as a performer in the film um can you tell us um more about how you became connected with the film and uh, i guess your part your part in it before you started performing for it i guess
0: yeah. Um, so the sympathy card is a feature length, um, indie lesbian rom-com about cancer. Uh, we're going niche people. <laughs> um, oh, what a sentence. <laughs> I know it's been quite a little pressed for, it. um, but it's about so much more, uh, but we don't want to give those things away. Right. So, you know, that's okay. sort of our, our, uh, our pitch for it. um, it's you know it's funny it's got sad moments but it's it's ultimately like a very boston film as well so i'm a boston kid and the writer of this brendan boogie um is a boston kid and um his partner was someone that i was friends with boston has like this really robust um variety and burlesque scene as well as like an amazing comedy scene like in general like you know Boston and Chicago, I feel like, have pretty similar things going on. But, um, yeah, so I was, I, th- I this is a confusing question to answer because I'm also a trans man. And I trans right. so I was one of. I was wondering what half- that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, life just happens. <laughs> exactly. Okay?
2: Yeah. Well, in this, Did I know that the film was initially supposed, or was released uh, in 2019.
0: It look uh, (laughs) 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 we yeah we (laughs) so we made it in 2019 okay this was i i was pre-transition i play emma i'm half of a lesbian couple um and for me being a boston kid and making a lesbian feature in boston was like That's it. I've done it. I've done all I can do as a lesbian. Get me out. I've done it. (laughs) To join the canon of like indie lesbian films, which like saved my life as, you know, somebody in their like teens and 20s and stuff like that, like. Mm Seeing, but I'm a cheerleader, seeing all these things and being like, oh my God, I get to make this and in my hometown. Oh my so God. that was like, I, I know it was a dream come true. I had friends in it. I had all the places that like I lesbianed around, you know. <laughs>
1: um
0: <laughs> and then and then I started my transition and then a pandemic happened. So four years later, the film, so we did like a festival cir- I didn't answer your question at all, whatever. Everything you're fine. good. So we did like a festival circuit. And then the pandemic hit. So then our fest run got crunch. Right. And then then the markets for selling, you know, got really crunched. And it was like really hard fun. So anyway, it is now out on streaming. And it's been wonderful to have people finally see it. And it's been interesting for me as a trans man to now be like, see my lesbian feature. (laughs) Everybody. (laughs) It
3: is a very... Specific situation that I don't think anyone else has probably been in,
2: <laughs> right? Well, it made me think a little uh, bit about this. Isn't the exact situation, but it made me think a little bit about you know Elliot Page and like originating a role on The Umbrella Academy that they've been lucky enough to have transition with them in their life. Um, so it, it's made me think about that, like as a performer, and about you know, um, there's we've discussed on the podcast a few times about straight performers playing queer actors or, you know, um cis people playing trans characters in film. Um you I it's there's there's a lot of different aspects that come to it, but when it's um some, it's a, such a personal thing for your journey and like creating this, I mean, just the way that you described it right now, that's such like a love letter and like such a sweet way of like almost saying like, closing the chapter on that part of your life yeah. um and to make such like a i i think beautiful movie that mm-hmm. has such an um such a personal story to it um yeah. like that that's such a unique um take that like i'm wondering i know that brendan wrote and directed the film like where this idea came from and sort of um uh, why they? And I'm not saying you have to answer this, but like why they chose to tell this this lesbian love story. Um, I I was reading um some articles, and um I believe Brendan identifies as a straight uh person, but um so I yeah, I, I was interested. And yeah. yeah, yeah. So I I I'm interested to I'm sort of interested in the in the background of why they chose to tell this story about about the this couple and this moment in their lives, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think most queer people when we are, you know, when a, 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 a cishet person is like, hey, I've got this great queer project, we sort of like, the, the flags go up <laughs> right, and, right. um, <laughs> You know, Brendan was someone that I already like knew and I really loved and trusted Brendan's partner. So I was much more open than if it was like right. some a, a random man approaching. Right. About like, hey, I've got this lesbian script. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but, you know, like Brendan is a is a deeply good writer. And I like, when I read the script, I was like, fuck, I got to make this. And so actually, to go back to your question of how I got involved. Right. Brendan was like, look, I know who I am. I want to make this movie right. This is not an ego thing for me. Like I want to do right by this. And so I came on uh, simultaneously sort of as Emma and also as a producer because um, Brendan was like, look, I want to, I, I, I want to be the least, you know, (laughs) right. Cis, cis head man (laughs) thing about this. So like, how do we do that? And so, and that was super important to me because I was like, I'm simply not, I'm not gonna make a queer pro- project with all straight right. people. So, right. mm-hmm. so that was sort of part of why I, why I came on. Um, and I was lucky that Brendan sort of like was really open from the start. Cause I was like, look, if you're writing and directing, like I want a, a female cinematographer, like we need to get as many women and as many queer people involved yes. as we possibly can. <laughs> So our crew was 75% women. It was a third queer. Um, we, and in Boston, that was kind of a, Boston's got like a small film community and all film communities are very, you know, cishet man, you know, white focused. So we really mm-hmm. did our best to reach out to communities of color, to reach out to women and also where we couldn't put, find like, a woman or a queer person to be in that role. We also instituted like a mentorship program so that people that like didn't quite have the skills, but wanted, you know, had hoped to move up to first AD. We said, all right, we're going to put you at second AD. We're going to do this. And now it's really interesting. I've been talking to some people recently because I was in Boston and they've like moved, they've been able to move up in their careers. And as we know, it's like when men are constantly controlling Like they're just gatekeeping everything that happens, even if they don't think they are, they don't, whatever. It's like, especially in a creative sense, you work with your friends, you work with your people. And like Mm -hmm. Brendan had made a film before and he had a bunch of guys that he'd worked with who were great people. And we were like, I was like, we're not doing that. And we got to open up, uh, you know, Brendan got to open up to like all these people. I'm so glad. And now seeing all their projects that they're doing, it's It's really gorgeous. That's
3: incredible. That's amazing. It's like, if you like that, personally, I feel like I would have been like, okay, just use the people you know, like, go like, quote unquote, (laughs) the easy route. Um, But you didn't do that. And like, the fact that you, like, cared so much about people actually, who understood the story and representing people that don't get these opportunities very often. And to give these people jobs um,
0: is really what an amazing f- thing. Yeah. Like I, I think if if you're in a position of power and not that like producer of an indie film, <laughs> like is a ton of power, but like if you're in a position of power, that's, if you're not power, using yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, I felt pretty good, but, <laughs> um, but, but like, if it, I, I think that you have to sort of roll from your integrity and this comes from yeah. You know, I did a decade of doing live variety, um, like neo vaudeville burlesque shows in Boston, and Boston can be a very white place. And my co-producer um, was deeply committed to like reaching outside of our community because if we just booked, you know, primarily people that we had known, it suddenly would have been like just an all-white show. And we were right, like, "Yeah, what is the point of a variety show?" Like vaudeville literally is rooted in bringing in as many Different voices as you possibly can. So, like, what are we doing if we're not? So, I have, I, I think I just had early training to be in the habit of like looking outside my community. If I'm looking at my lineup and it's, you know, 90% men or, ni- or whatever the majority is, I'm like, well, that's a problem with me. That's not a problem with there aren't people who are doing this. Like, it's not like there are no black, so I as a person am not seeking out a thriving community and then I'm not using my stage to showcase to my audience different voices because yeah. then what is the fucking point of doing yeah. variety? If you're like, so.
3: It's and- very inspiring PD. Right. Yeah. And I think.
2: it Wow. I, thanks guy. <laughs> you're guys. welcome. This has
3: been, Not even tuning really your successful. horn. Genuinely how we <laughs> feel.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, I think because of your creative involvement and because you were able to make those suggestions and be able to um, contribute in that way, it benefited the film. Like it definitely made the story feel more genuine and, and people like Deb and I were able to, you know, enjoy the film and feel that it was coming from a genuine place so I'm glad that you were involved in the project and I'm glad that Brendan you know made that connection with you and and brought you in for sure yeah
0: yeah uh, I I think that there's like this idea recently that like oh we should do this like we should have a you know a queer writer on our staff or whatever and it's like well, that's tokenism and that's like trying not to get canceled. The impetus should come from how, who are the people that need to be in the room to make this project the best it can be. And I feel like Hollywood keeps missing that where they're like, oh, we'll put a trans character in this. But it's like, no one trans is writing for it. It's a trauma story, you know, or whatever it is. It's like, we've got a black friend. And it's like, well, but why? Like, I think there's not enough, like, it doesn't come from a place of like, Curiosity and wanting to make it like we weren't like we're gonna get canceled if we don't have women. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. no, like this is a story about women. This is like it should involve these voices so that when somebody then says like, what if we did it this way? Hey, this isn't quite right, or like there's a sex scene in the film and Brendan that is between me and uh, Nika el Pappas who plays Josie and. I had said to Brendan, like, I'm not, this wouldn't really, this isn't quite the way that it would go. And Brendan would go, why don't you two sit and meet and think about, and he basically let us rewrite the scene and then self-direct it and then Amazing. cleared the set. Yeah. So there was no men on set, except Brendan was like on headphones just to make sure everything was like going well. But it was our um, Susan who was on sound and Amanda who was our DP and the two of us. And the four of us went into a bathroom and we decided what it was going to be. And we did it. And Brendan was like, great. And he was really, so it was like, it wasn't like he was saying, I want to get this right. So I don't get canceled. He was like, right. no, genuinely, I'm, this is not my experience. What do you think?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So right.
2: that's it was... amazing. That Yeah. That it that was pretty you... cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess we should talk more about the the plot of the film and if you're listening and, and <laughs> yes, we sorry. we have no, how much
3: good. how much you want to reveal because I know that oh. like, you know well, want to
2: too much. I was gonna say like for those listening, you know, we uh Deb and I definitely want you to watch this film. Um it's available to rent um almost everywhere, I think. Um I know I rented it on YouTube, I think it's on Amazon um it's
0: on apple too
2: apple yeah Mm -hmm. um but we we definitely do touch spoilers on the show usually so um we definitely definitely recommend maybe pausing and then uh watching it and then coming back to listen to the rest of the episode yeah
3: Um, come back
2: yeah
3: (laughs) are you good with that pd or do you want to like not reveal too much it's totally up to you
0: i i am not I am not cute enough to be that coy. You know what I mean? Like I whatever happens, happens, guys. We didn't we didn't know if
2: we're doing dealing with like, you know, Marvel level spoilers or anything.
0: uh. yeah, I know we're all we're acting like this is like you you two you two have signed an NDA that has been out for months.
3: It does kind of feel that way though, because we've never been we've never had an episode like this. This is like the first of its kind. So like what do we do? It does feel like we know something that everybody else doesn't
0: (laughs) well and I I really appreciate you using your platform to highlight indie films as well because I think that like there's so we all love so many great indie films I'm sure Mm -hmm. like there's so many cult classics that are indies and really what indie means is like mostly like is like low budget lower budget or scrappy or whatever so it like but that doesn't mean that the story is not great or the quality is not great or you know did I wish we had a million dollars? Sure. But I'm incredibly <laughs> proud about like what we did. So yeah. And thanks amazing. everyone also who's listening that for watching. Yeah. It, really yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's
3: the whole, like the whole, the whole reason we started this podcast was to talk about these films right. that a lot of people haven't seen. I mean, a ton of people in the queer community for sure, because it is the only thing we have. So that's pretty much, you can peg a queer person immediately if you just yell out. You can uh, peg a queer person. Huh? You can peg a queer person if, <laughs> if, oh, if there's consent. Um, <laughs> sexy. But like, but, the, but I think indie films are are what brings the queer community together because we've all seen them, good and bad. We've all gone through them. We all have specific memories that we attach to them at different points of our life of when we first came out, when we first had an idea that we even were queer, like what these movies mean to us and to be doing this podcast. Now, I think this has been four years. Oh my God. Jeez. Of doing of telling these stories and talking about these films. And then to have an episode like this, that's so special, where we actually get to talk to somebody who was directly involved in making one of these indie films and a really fucking good indie film, by the way, this movie is so good PD. Like this is, it's just, this is a full circle thing for us. I think it's very beautiful. And I love your movie. I love it. I loved it. I know I haven't said that yet in the podcast, but I just (laughs) wanted to, I wanted everybody to know (laughs) Not fucking with anybody.
0: This is a really really good movie. Loved it. Well, maybe, maybe this is the year for direction, like call up Jamie Babbitt yeah yes. her, you know? <laughs> okay i would die I would yeah die. <laughs> me too like invite me back just yeah.
3: yes. <laughs> I help, Jamie <laughs> yeah. i'm so sorry i did it that was what i i took us off track no you're good what are we talking about um I'm i was just, just so excited start
2: getting into the plot i guess <laughs> oh, well, i was just gonna give oh. like a general overview because i know we can break down certain scenes if we want to um but uh the film follows uh This lesbian character, Josie, who, um, and please correct me if I'm wrong. This is really, (laughs) I'm really nervous since Petey's here and they were in the movie. Don't (laughs) be.
0: That's so dumb. Do not.
2: (laughs) Oh, so you're calling me dumb now.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're oh my god is this recording shut it off shut it off oh my god what is happening uh, um we're <laughs> oh, flirting it's fine it's, uh. I was gonna,
3: okay Thank you for, i was gonna say are you flirting well, but i didn't want to project
0: that onto you but you
3: said it yeah. fine.
0: the three um. of us are flirting though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely
3: absolutely um uh
2: and Right from the beginning of the film, uh, Josie meets Emma, your character, um, and we slowly throughout the I really love how the film um, sort of unfolds the story where we sort of get like a montage of you're falling in love, but then it later like breaks into uh, throughout the film, shows us more um, detailed moments of the falling in love. I loved how that was spaced out. Um And then we find out quite early on that Emma um, has been diagnosed with lung cancer and her dying wish to Josie is that she goes, that she uses her sickness in order to get laid by other women, which is such like such a, an interesting and funny and sad idea. Like it's such a taboo subject that like, I, I don't even know like where you come up with in the mind, but it's such an interesting story to tell. And I'm so glad it happened. Um, and, and of course it's so fun to see like Josie try to really connect with these other women and like trying and failing in this like, delightfully hilarious and like awkward way and then um we meet the uh this third character Siobhan who owns a flower shop which made me think of uh imagine me and you thank you
3: <laughs> lesbians be florists <laughs> <laughs>
2: And and there's this whole other third energy of the movie when Siobhan comes in and she has this really beautiful and like sexy. Um, there's like this chemistry between the two of them. And um, and then the film unfolds, and we sort of see Josie navigating um her love for her wife, and then also this new opportunity. And so that's like the general basis of the film. Um what uh uh Wow, I feel really dumb right now.
3: Um <laughs> You're doing great. Deb. Thank you.
2: You're doing great.
3: Thank you,
2: <laughs> Thank you Deb. I really appreciate your
3: <laughs> I have to gas at my boyfriend. You're supposed- <laughs> this is what we're doing right now. <laughs> um uh what
2: what was your um what was it like to play Emma and what was important to you about like bringing this character to the film?
0: Emma's kind of a dick. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) like, I'll say it. Um, (laughs) But, you know, me and Brendan talked a lot about like having likability as well, you know, because I think that like, (laughs) Boston's also just a city of, like, lovable dickheads as well. And, like, I feel (laughs) like, you know, like, like, Emma's sense of humor is a little, like, tough and very Boston. Um, Right. But I wanted there to be some likability as well and some vulnerability. I wanted it to make sense because Josie, like, played by Nika, who's such a master, I'm obsessed with her. Um, Like The three of you? Joe,
2: Josie, Emma, and Siobhan, you're all. So, the performances are so good across mm-hmm. the board, <laughs> and the chemistry between all three of you is is so good. Yeah, like, and I and I think, Thanks. yeah. I mean, Emma, on paper, you can see that like the way she's behaving is is not very likable. But your portrayal is so good in that like we do care about her and and we can empathize uh, with her because we yes. know. That the things that she's doing, even if they are not likable, they're they're coming from a place of love because she really cares about this person and she wants them to, to be able to yeah. move on after she passes. Um I'm sorry, I didn't mean Thanks. to interrupt. That's, that's I didn't mean to interrupt enough. you. Totally yeah. agree. You
1: didn't. Yeah.
2: And um, um go ahead. You go. I was going to say another relationship that really interested me in the film was the relationship between Emma and her mom because uh, the mom had like a a very uh, a fairly significant role in this film and um, it was so interesting to me in the beginning um, during the wedding scene of where we're sort of getting like this I, I think that we're, it's It seems like the mom is fairly supportive, but for some reason, Emma feels the need to like <laughs> rub it in her face. So that was such an interesting dynamic. And I think it is. Um, I think it's so fun to watch in the film because you in, in real life with your family, family tends to be dicks to each other like they tend to yeah. to really be hateful or like really rag on each other um and it is coming from a place of love but it's just such an interesting dynamic that we don't always see explored in um uh, media um and so what uh i guess i i just want more of your uh your perspective on on this relationship of emma and her mom
0: I mean, not to harp on Boston, but it feels so Boston that relationship <laughs> yeah. and it was played by the dot Dwyer plays Emma's mom and is like, you know, been part of like improv Boston for like 30 fucking years or something like that. Like, it's just one of those like amazing <laughs> Boston, like go to performers. So we were just like, fucking dot Dwyer, like bring her in. <laughs> um, So yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that families like that is very much like how some families show love. Like, hey, you fucking like this? Yeah, (laughs) you oh, fuck you. Yeah. Like, so like again, I think that Brendan's really good at like writing real people. Like he didn't really write a movie about like coming out or about it was like, so in some ways it was circumstantial that they were gay because it didn't matter. And also it was really important for us to root this in specificity mm-hmm. that like they're going to gay coffee shops and their, 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 their identity is important where it's not just like they happen to be lesbian, right. but mm-hmm. at the same time, that type of identity doesn't, it's, it's a marriage and it's a conversation and it's non-monogamy and it's cancer, you know, it's, it's all it was really cool, I think, to make a queer movie that was deeply queer that also could easily translate to any type of relationship. Like any couple could watch this and be like, oh, that's us. You're such you're you're a Josie, you know, whatever. Right. So, right. Oh, yeah.
3: That's on the money. On the money. I, I love I, every time like it's uh, the few times that we like cover films that aren't about coming out we're always we're always just like i'm just so glad that people, <laughs> like the queer filmmakers are making right are telling stories that don't just involve this one thing but seriously this this was the <laughs> this was the the big one the one that was really <laughs> like what this is not a, about going to be about coming out which is so refreshing and i just think <sighs> Why don't yeah. more why don't more filmmakers want to tell a story from with with this perspective, or like want to tell it's just more interesting. Like it's just more interesting because it is more relatable, and so many more people could relate to it than just like this one community. Like you're not erasing this the the identity from these people. The community is there. It's like you said, it's a deeply queer film, but you're telling stories that haven't been told by by queer people before. And it's a relatable story that anybody can relate to. It's I I'm good. This is just me. Anytime I talk right now, I'm going to repeat what you said and then go. I just loved it. <laughs> I just loved it. That's all I, have to say. I just loved Once it. Once
0: again, glad this isn't a roast. Once again, oh, thank you.
3: That's going to be the rudest, meanest thing. Be kind of funny. But I don't think I'd have the oh, balls to do
0: it. Oh, no, no, never. <laughs>
2: We could never oh, if we yeah. didn't like the movie, we'd probably be like, um I'm Oh sorry, my god, we, nobody would we ever know. We can't do it. We can't yeah. do the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The podcast is over. You just cancel <laughs> We're canceling the podcast yeah. actually.
2: Yeah, we'd have to end the whole thing. That feels very uh, yeah. that feels like a very Sophie thing to do. Um uh what was I gonna say? Oh, Josie, I meant, not Sophie. Um Oh, I was like, who's
0: Sophie? Your
2: friend? You're Sophie? <laughs> your friend? Yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah, and yeah. the characters in this film are so um rich and like layered. I I really um loved, jose like ex- the exploration of Josie like being indecisive and that like manifesting itself in um her intimate uh, life, um and how she likes to you know um uh, take. Uh, direction. And um, I really love the scene with her and Siobhan, um, like the first time that they get together, I thought was really a beautiful and well done scene. Um, And I Mm -hmm. love like Siobhan is like this really likable character and very, um, you know, sexy and interesting. But she also is like all these characters have these really interesting flaws that are are fun to watch um and and how she you know has trouble with commitment and and that type of thing and it just makes them even more real um i feel like emma is like an easy character to pick on because her um flaws are more um like obvious but mm-hmm. but all of the characters have uh, interesting flaws, I think, which which makes the movie even stronger.
0: Yeah. I Siobhan was played by Laura Neal, who is yeah. just an incredible actor, an incredible all-around, just like producer and musician, and just does all this. So yeah. And is just has the the greatest jawline in the history <laughs> of cinema. <laughs>
2: I wouldn't. So. Say, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say anybody in this film is unattractive. I would say everybody's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Okay. Yeah. We'll say it. Everyone's hot. present. President company included. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
1: god. Somebody well, said, well,
0: gotta go. I, I got what I needed. <laughs> Bye. Tank is full, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, That's funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Were there any? Um, were there any scenes in the film that were really important to you and how they came across or films or sorry, scenes after the film came out and seeing it that really stuck with you in ways that you didn't
0: expect? Hmm. Good question. Um, I, I like what you said about being like a love letter to Boston. And for us, that was really important um, so we made like a list of the places that we wanted to use as locations, and all of them were given for free. So we were at like the Lizard Lounge, which is this, you know, amazing mainstay of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh Diesel Cafe is a dyke owned cafe, uh, City girl Cafe, uh, where Evan and Josie have their first date is a dyke owned cafe. Uh the spa is a dyke owned spa called the Oasis. So like that was really important um, to actually root us in where these women would go in Boston and like places that were really important. And, and the montage that we had in the beginning, we actually didn't have. And so this is really, my answer is actually the montage scene was really important because we realized the passage of time wasn't working without it. And me and Brendan were in LA at this point, And we were like, Oh fuck. Like we, we have to do this. And so we were like, let's hit the Bostoniest Boston places. <laughs> so we went to like Beacon Hill. We went to, uh, the park to the frog pond. We went to the Boston public library. We went to JP Licks, which is a local ice cream place. And we flew in, did a 24 hours. I think we did seven locations over like in nine or 10 hours Whoa. or whatever. And we built that montage in because it just wasn't quite, we didn't quite have it. Um, so that actually, that montage in the beginning is is what falling in love in Boston looks like to me. Mm-hmm. And also I think really like um, cements the chemistry of, of uh, I almost said me and Nika, which is also <laughs> true, but of, um, <laughs> Emma and Josie. And Nico's like one of my best friends in the world now. I literally Aww. saw her three days ago. Oh, I'm so glad. She's
3: amazing.
0: Yeah, I thought she was. She
3: is so unbelievably charming. I thought
0: that of both so of you. charming Right. Like, so it was like a masterclass working with her. I, I genuinely like. She's like a deeply trained. Like went to Columbia, all this stuff, and I was like <laughs> some idiot from the variety scene. You know, it was just like. I honestly am such a better actor having like had worked with her because I was like, oh, damn, like you're mm. okay. This is an active choice you're making. Great, great, great. <laughs> I'm just going to don't mind me. I'm just taking notes love in the it, corner. Love it. Yeah, I she's such a good person. That's crazy about the
3: montage because I can't imagine it, the film, without it. Right, it's right. such... I, and, I, and it was such an interesting choice, too, to like put it to like place it where you placed it right at the beginning to be like, this yeah. is how we're going to tell our story, and we're gonna do it under a couple minutes. That's amazing and also amazing that you I don't that that you that you realized before just like wrapping it up that it needed that because the the amount of work that you had to do to do all of this in twenty four hours is insane to me. Yeah.
0: That's so right. crazy.
3: But you did it and it obviously it paid off like the instinct was correct because it's I think it's one of the most beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. parts of the whole movie.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, it, launches, it launches you tonally into the whole movie. I mean, yes. Brendan, had yes. a, Brendan had a different idea of how it would go. So it wasn't like that was a completely blank space, but it wasn't quite. Sitting, right. and we mm-hmm. we call it the the hat montage. I'm wearing a different <laughs> hat in all seven of those things <laughs> because I, we shot all the flashback scenes initially in like June, and then. Four months later, in October, we shot the bulk of the film where I have cancer. So I had like lost weight and I had completely buzzed my head. And then we realized that we needed to shoot the pre stuff. <laughs> oh <my> uh, <laughs> yeah. So in all of them, if you were to go back and watch it, I'm in a hat in every single scene. Like, and then like, and we shot it in like, you know, it was like winter. So it was like I'm bulked up because I just suddenly was like, can- <laughs> cancer. Petey was a little, uh, little gaunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, let's pretend that never happens. But that happens a lot in filmmaking. You just right. you just proceed with confidence and the audience is like, yes, I buy this. And you're like, yes. great. Yeah. <laughs> How about so it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Great. Um any any other moments um for you that stuck out, Deb?
3: Oh my God. The whole thing. (laughs) The dumb answer, but I mean, no, I thought it was really beautiful. And also I do want to say that I thought the, the sex scene was so well done and felt very realistic. And I love that. I love that you like kind of took control over that. Right. I feel like you hear a lot of stories. I mean, there's how many, how many lesbian love scenes and sex scenes are there where people are just like the male gaze, because it always, you know, always does have that problem. Um, but I I thought it was a, just really beautiful. Honestly, it was, it stuck with me. And, I, and if you, if Peyton knows. If anytime we do a movie, I'm going to talk about the sex scene. I'm going to find a moment <laughs> because like lesbians be florists, lesbians be horny. And we want to see, we want to see that good, good. You know what I mean? Um, but it actually was a very beautiful scene. It really stuck with me. It really stuck with me. Ooh. And also the relationship with it, with your mom as well. Like I, if I don't know, it kind of hits on, there's so many things like my, because my wife and I watched it together and we loved it. And she has a lot of a lot of family history and trauma with with cancer. And the relationship with your mom kind of reminded me of of the relationship that I have with my parents. Um, So many ways that you can relate to this in both a sad and a happy way. And for one film to to make us feel that many emotions. And remember so many things, but not be sad about it. Like, I think this was one of the first times where we watched a movie where, where cancer was a big part of the theme and, uh, it wasn't devastating for my wife. Who's like usually very effective, something like that. Oh, wow. Like this, it was just, everything was handled with such care. And I, and it, it read through that you were, that you just like wanted to, that you loved the process. It seemed like you had a great time making it. It felt like there was love there. Um, yeah, like one of my favorite favorite indie movies, I think I've ever seen. PD. it really really <laughs> impacted us. Absolutely. I know you asked for one scene. I know you asked for one scene, but I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna say my piece now because I was gonna eventually say this anyway, and like how we felt. But the whole the whole the whole film to sum it all up just felt honest and absolutely. That's that's, that's kind awesome. of rare to find. It's kind of rare. Thank you. Beautiful.
2: I love. Um, Wow, I that was love- my
0: monologue. That was a f- <laughs> full blown monologue. I'm gonna perform that for an audition. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Maybe I And you're you gonna book. book. You're gonna book, <laughs> and I'm gonna
0: fucking book. <laughs>
2: um, I love the ending moments of the film. I love seeing um, uh, Josie and Emma come back together, and um, and especially in those moments when they're waiting um, to hear from the doctor and um, mm-hmm. and you get to see them like have fun with each other again. That's so meaningful to me because that's like in those moments, like when they were first getting together in their first date and when they have that scene um, where they decide they do want this to be like a long-term thing are both really beautiful scenes that stick with me. Um, and so seeing them come back together and be able to like banter and, and play off of each other, it makes you, it just warms my heart and like makes me feel like I, this just, it just makes me fall for their love again, you know? Um, and, um, the, the scene sort of, or the, the movie sort of ends, um, in this, uh, you know, we don't get like a definite answer about like whether <laughs> people Ellis... are
0: livid. <laughs> people are livid. I, I gasped at the end when <laughs> the credits rolled. I gasped. I watched it with a group of friends recently. They were like, "Let's have a screening," and one, and they one of my yeah. friends yeah. stood up and went, "No," <laughs> like, walked out of the room, and I was like, "Cool." It I is
2: one of the. Up. It is one of the. It's definitely one of those. Um. I can't think of the word, but like one of those, like either you you love it or you hate it type of things. Yeah, 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 type of endings. And I feel like some a lot of indie queer films tend to have like this sort of open ending of like like maybe you decide how you think it's going to end or that type of thing. But I do enjoy that. Like I was upset first watching the ending because I was like, I want to know if they're going to be together forever and if she's fine. But I also was happy because it was like, it doesn't really matter to the story if she keeps, if she's going to keep living or if she's going to die soon or not, it's more important that they were able to reconnect and like move past this, like the, this, this, um, moment in their life and be stronger from it. Or at least that's what I took from it. Um, was this how the ending was always supposed to be, or is this an ending that, that you came to in the process?
0: This was always Brendan's ending. Yeah. Um, And that's sort of actually what you kind of hit on that philosophy of it. Because I was like, a cliffhanger, you monster. Uh, Yeah. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like that bastard. He was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the, and what happens after this. Like this is the, this is the, the the film is this conversation, you know? So it doesn't, I like to believe that Emma's cancer cleared. And I'd like to believe that they had, more intentional conversations about ethical non-monogamy moving forward because it seems like <laughs> it seems like that actually is maybe a pitch that works for these two and yeah it's, man. <laughs> that's like that sounds like
2: there's a sequel coming where they both run a scam where
0: <laughs> where Emma
2: keeps saying she still has cancer and, <laughs>
0: and yeah they probably and theyre still so like
2: a third. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <A> unicorn. <laughs> yeah. The sympathy card too, unethical threesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Deb, yeah. what did you think of the ending? Were you were you pissed? Were you what?
3: My gasp was, oh, what, what, what? and then I was and then I was like, actually I'm into it. <laughs> it's pretty <already>, like immediate. <laughs> I'm not, I don't get very angry about open endings. I like I can you for have, certain movies, like, but I'm, yeah, I'm an easy gasper, so I'll gasp at like <laughs> all, that shit all the time. And I'll be like, what? And then I'll be like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, like that choice. I usually don't get very angry about it. I actually yeah. think it's kind of a bold choice because it does divide audiences. People either lose their shit and get mad or they love it. Yeah. I loved it. And also, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of, in my mind, I assumed it was a positive ending. I don't know, but that, I, I guess that's yeah. that's the whole point. I mean, it's everybody can interpret it the way that they want to. But I took it as like, nah, things are going to be good. Things are working Absolutely,
0: out. Yeah, me too. Me
3: Without too. having to say it, like, I I don't know. I loved the choice. I thought it was great.
0: And I thought it was bold. It is bold. Bold Peyton. but defensive.
2: Yeah. I, I I liked it. Yeah, I th- I mean I just want to know because I'm nosy. Like I want to know, and like sometimes when I see those kinds of movies, I'm like, but what does the writer actually think? Like, do they think that she did live? <laughs> he
0: will. I, he won't and, answer. And, yeah, He's exactly. Like, it they're always it like, I'm like, I'm like uh, mm,
3: can no. you say what you think, PD?
0: Well, I, I think, think I'm said. a little... Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think Emma, I think Emma gets through it. Yeah. And then I think they have some big conversations. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Because Emma was a huge dick. So.
3: (laughs) A dick, but truly a lovable dick. If anybody was going to play a role like this, it's like, it had to be you. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Because like, there are a lot of moments that you're like, Jesus Christ, Emma fuck the <laughs> yeah. dinner the dinner scene was like stressed me the fuck out yeah. i was very stressed i was most stressed i was the whole time
2: um the dinner uh, and the and the scene with the will too is yes. difficult yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah. but so like but again so charming
2: yeah.
3: and like all coming from a place of love all coming from like a place of pain that you just mm-hmm. you cannot not be on like support you support emma you cannot right. be on board
0: Right. And it's nice to have a script where there's room for context, you know, where we're Mm -hmm. not doing surface, like, you're a villain, you're a good, you're a good person. It's like, and I, that, that was so, what was so delicious about the film was like, oh, this is, nobody is cut and dry, just like human beings aren't cut and dry. And just like, you know, there's You know, you can have a like hurt people, hurt people moment, or you can have a like, oh, you're being a dick. But when I look at it, it comes from fear. Like that's, Mm. that's nice nuance. And that's, that's human nuance. So. Mm -hmm.
2: Except for the guy at the table, the tabletop game that like was a dick to Josie. I would say he was probably the villain of the piece. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's a. that's wes hazard he's a stand-up comedian he's amazing he's oh also he was been on very Jeopardy funny like three times yeah. <laughs> i love him and it was great yeah a lot of our uh you know folks that just had a couple lines were all like like uh in the beginning of the film the woman who's talking to josie like right off the bat is no oh, she Brown-West.
2: was she was very funny she's, too
0: yeah she's an incredible comedian in new york and like and it was the woman who plays Juliana. Her sister-in-law is Kelly McFarland. who's oh, incredible. She, she was I so love so the funny. brother
2: and the sister-in-law. They mm-hmm. were so great. I, yeah. w-
0: I want that movie. I honestly want Juliana yeah. and Tate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, could,
3: uh, I was going to say that like, even after all of these things or like these feelings that I've had the whole time, I was just like constantly like grasping my chest. It's really funny. It's yeah. just a f- funny movie. It made us laugh out loud so many times. Nice. amazing feat. Cause sometimes you, ha- sometimes it feels like people feel like people have to sacrifice one of those things. Mm-hmm. You know and I mean, but this movie really has it all. Yeah. It's that's got Boston baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, I've this never scene. been to Boston, but I'm like, okay, my wife and I were, <laughs> had, were supposed to go last, last year. And then we got the, you know, I was going to say the big C COVID, but that's <laughs> the big C. C. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very wow. But that would be, um, <laughs> rebrand i know
3: rebrand i know god yeah i know but i've been been meaning to go and i've always wanted to go and now i'm like maybe this is it this this is like the universe saying you gotta get back there
2: you can do a sympathy card um like day where you go to all the (sighs) the locations
3: yes and i'll wear every hat that you have to to really make it feel like i'm a part of it
1: pack your hats bitch it's time time.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: <God damn.
1: laughs>
2: um so uh we usually rate the film on two different s- scales um one is the vita russo test which is Awkward. a media metric uh which examines queer representation in film um this follows three separate rules one that the film include queer uh, identified characters which this film does. Two, that the characters have personality traits other than being queer. I would say this one definitely does. And third, that removing the queer characters from the film would change the plot significantly. I mean, obviously that would change this plot significantly because almost nobody would be in it. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: (laughs) Pass with flying colors. I would say it passes
2: with flying colors. Absolutely. (laughs) Great. And then we do our homebrew uh, scale which is a zero to six scale based on something uh, that we identify from the film. Should we rate it on a hat scale? I was
0: gonna say <laughs> <laughs> also? Do you want me to go? This is incredibly awkward. I can leave.
2: Oh, no, 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 absolutely. I think me? it's very obvious that we give
3: this, yeah, uh, it's obvious six that we <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna give it seven. Hats for all Come seven on. On.
2: Oh, somebody might call that a hat on a hat, Deb.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, but seriously, if we didn't like if we didn't like this, like you would know we'd be we'd be polite about it. But also, I would never make it obvious. But um, no, this is genuine. I feel like you can tell that Um, I loved it. I just thought it was so did I just keep using the word, but I thought it was beautiful and super original. A story that's never been told from a perspective that hasn't just hasn't been told before. Um, And I think everybody. Gets to watch a it. new idea in film. Like, who knew a that new even idea existed? in film? What <laughs> <laughs> I didn't this, know that could no, be done.
2: This movie is this film. That's what's so exciting about doing this and having you here. Is like this. I can't name another film that's like this and tells this specific story. And that's so exciting.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Good because straight people get that all the time. There's all the so time, many, there's right? So many movies about that have nothing to do with identity right. uh, but we just assume that all the people involved in it are cis and straight right and mm-hmm. so so we want that too and i think yeah. we can we can't we just can and should make this you know Absolutely. like we 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 we, we make we we had we raised over thirty thousand dollars on seed and spark and a lot of it was like smaller donations. If you go to the very end of the movie and you see all the credits thanking mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. There were so many people and then there were so many like I said the businesses sort of gave us their mm-hmm. space to use and we used like clothes from Sparkletown Studios, which is a queer clothing place. The art on Amazing. the walls is queer artists from the wall from the uh, from Boston. So it was like we you can make it. Whatever if, if anyone out there wants to like make their shit, like fucking make it if you're waiting for Hollywood to make your very specific niche queer story, like, unfortunately we have to convince them yeah. that there's an audience for it because yeah. they're, they're building it for audiences that they know and that they trust. And they don't know that we are a powerhouse audience. Even if it's a slow burn, it's queer people devour media. We're constantly looking for ourselves in places. So oh, absolutely, if we're waiting for them to catch up to our Our ideas and our concepts, like fuck them. Just make it.
3: Yes. I love that sentence. Queer people devour media so much. (laughs) I want to put it on a t-shirt
0: and sell it on Etsy. Do it. Make Make, make t-shirts for the for this podcast. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh absolutely. That that's also that is such a good reminder, too. That I mean, as especially a lot of people who listen to this are, are people that we're friends with. So it's a lot of artists and performers and There is that idea, at least for me, that I always, I I can't do it alone. Um, I have to have someone of higher power to give me my moment, to give me the platform. But at the end of the day, we have more power than I think we realize to just make our own shit and make our own art.
0: And like, and it can be done. Right. The worst thing that happens is that you learn a lot of lessons, which is literally the growth trajectory that we're all on as artists is Mm -hmm. to, there's been, there's been times where I've bombed on stage. Now I know what not to do, or I know what that feels like. And it's not the worst feeling I got off stage and I went, well, I fucking bombed. And it was like a nightmare (laughs) scenario that I had, for you you know what I mean? Like the worst that happens is like, you know, you blow money that you didn't have but you might have done that if your car broke down why not do it for your art like or nobody comes to see your fucking one-man show that you poured your life into but it's like well but now you know you can write a one-man show yeah you've done it you've already you have a proof of concept for what you're capable of so i don't know i'm a big fan of like just fucking yeah absolutely Mm -hmm.
3: thank Mm -hmm.
0: you power hour (laughs) with Petey gibson (laughs)
3: <laughs> i'm gonna watch a master class with you i'm just like telling me to go out and do it and i'll be like okay Petey, i will
2: oh my gosh thank you so much for doing yes, this Petey. thank you um i'm i look forward to following you i look forward to seeing what work you put forward put out next um is there anything that you'd like to plug for our listeners besides the sympathy card obviously we all want you to see sympathy card it's such a good film Mm -hmm. um anything else that you'd like to plug or or ways for our our audience to follow you
0: um i've got some big ass things in the works that i can't talk about but it's it's exciting stuff um, I'm also, um, I've gotten into the documentary space as a producer a little bit. So I have two docs Ooh. that I'm in pre-production on. One is about, um, drag Kings. Oh, and then, cool. um, one, I'm working with this amazing, um, archivist and, um, documentary filmmaker, Alina Legra, And she has been filming queer events since the eighties and we're making a film, uh, called free radicals of new york we have a website if you want to check it out um but it's uh takes place 1989 to 1994 and it's wow. about that five-year period of like fighting for our rights with like acting up and she was like on the front lines with her camera and this footage has never been seen so oh my god i am, like so sweaty so... every time i talk about it yeah. i know so, oh. we're, so those are my god yeah, so, those, so those are that's two amazing. features that i'm i'm probably going to be doing some fundraising for i just think they're both really important for our community. We're not, you know, Allegra was saying the other day, you know, we, we know about the civil rights movement and thus we are able to like, to, but like we have not been taught about the queer civil rights movement. Absolutely. We're not taught, to, taught, we're not taught act up. We're not taught about all all the things that we did when the government completely ignored us and left us to die. Mm-hmm. And the amount of change that has happened in those 35 years since We took to the streets, you know, and now history is repeating itself because we don't, we don't know what measures our elders took. So I'm excited to, to, to do that. And I also do stand up comedy. Not everything is like, ugh, fucking queer (laughs) rights. I'm also just... Sometimes I bomb on stage too. Um, it happens to all of us.
3: I, I've honestly, never experienced that. <laughs> Demma, Speak for yourselves. Be honest with yourself. <laughs> I've bombed a few times, but <laughs> whatever. It's, like,
0: ugh, it's always the worst. And it's also like, whatever. They just don't get me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the lessons have been learned with, that is for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Speaking that's of fun. documentary, just while we have you on here, I saw that you worked on Disclosure. How was that?
0: Uh, so great. I'll be fully um, transparent that I only did three days working on the crew. But, but that's still part of it. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> in one of those three days, I served Laverne Cox tea. and <gasps> So... Oh. I know. It was produced by Alex Schmitter, who is an incredible trans-mask producer, Um, and he's a friend of mine, and so he brought me on to work on the crew when we did like the initial filming of it, and then I had something else I couldn't do the rest of the thing, but yeah, incredible. I mean, yes, if you have not watched Disclosure, Alex also produced Changing the Game. Have you guys seen that on Hulu?
2: No, Mm. I'm going to have to watch it
0: it is about um trans teen athletes it blows my fucking Ooh. mind and every time I go on like a straight person podcast to like be a trans person I'm like actually you need to watch this film before we talk so I make them yes. either watch Disclosure or Changing the Game because I'm like I um, we're not starting from scratch I yeah. can't, I simply can't good
2: also good, great also I saw you on Grace and Frankie which yeah.
1: Okay. I, I love that show. Thank so you much, for bringing so... it up, Peyton. I
3: was like, I'm not going to do it unless someone else brings it up. But that's Grace and Frankie's one of my wife's wife and I's all time faves.
0: That was one of the so best cool. calls ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> I, I was like going into it, I felt like I was going to shit my pants because I was like, what if Lily and Jane are there? Because I knew yeah. my scene wasn't with them, yeah. and then and then I started to spiral into. Like, what if they're not there? What if they <gasps> are there? Like and I couldn't yeah. figure out which was <laughs> right, worse. Right. And then they weren't there. And I was like, honestly, great. Like <laughs> <laughs>
2: now I can do the work.
3: I would
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to work. I would yeah, have just melted
3: upon contact. <laughs>
0: what what would we have done I yeah I was my body was not ready I was maybe I'm ready now but I was not not in a good place for (laughs) that.
2: oh my gosh thank you so much for doing this thank you you. this was such a pleasure and so we feel so honored to have done this Mm -hmm. um thank you to our listeners uh please follow us at queer movie night on uh facebook instagram and twitter you can follow me at peyton cody lynch on instagram and twitter
3: and me deborah duncan on twitter and deborah d bag on instagram (laughs) i'm never changing it (laughs) you shouldn't never you shouldn't never Never.
0: can't wait to (laughs) see
2: see whatever thing goes next to deborah d bag when you're famous
3: Just um, a little blue check mark, baby. Yeah, that's, yeah. It.
0: that's it. <laughs> that's it, bitch. My um, God. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone who stuck around for this very long giggle fest. Oh my course. God.
3: Thank you so much, and we can't wait to watch everything else that you're producing that's coming out. Thank you for the Rex too, thank
1: you. and thank yes. you for the
3: sympathy card. Everyone, please watch the sympathy card. It's so good. Everyone needs to watch it. Everyone.
0: Absolutely. I really appreciate it. I'm happy we're friends now. Yes. Yes. Uh, Oh my uh, gosh.
1: (laughs) 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 Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.